Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's a.k.a. Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. So happy to be here. It's Monday, the happiest part of my Monday. Other than that, I'm alive for Monday is Read My Lips Radio on Monday nights. We're live. We're live streaming. I want my guests to wave hello officially to our audience on LinkedIn. Wave hello to our audience on two of my pages on Facebook. Hello, hello, hello. I'll tell you who my guests are, but we have a pop quiz for them and let's see if they can get it right. So guests, I want you to please raise one of your hands in the letter L. I don't care whether it's forwards or backwards. Let's just have some fun. Oh, we've got a whole bunch there. This is looking very architectural here. (laughs) And I want you on the count of three, follow me very carefully now. This is very hard. I hope you can do it, Ron and and Mark and Brenda. I'm counting on you. I think you'll pass the test. On the count of three, you're going to join me in saying hello, L, 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 just like that. One, two, three. Hello, Hello, L, L, L. Jordan, my engineer, Jordan, I think in all the years I've been doing that, that was the best. Brenda, Ron, and Mark, congratulations. Uh, I'll send you some banners and awards later on. And, and if Brenda's involved, there'll be M&Ms. I'll tell everybody who she is in a minute. My engineer is Jordan, and thank you very much. It's July 17th. Happy to be here. It's the 198th day of 2023. I'm probably the only one who cares about that. We have 167 days left. This is the 29th Monday, and I am the only one who cares about that. The reason I'm mentioning that we have 167 days left is that New Year's is not that far away, believe it or not. I'm not rushing, but kids, we're going to be happy to celebrate another New Year's, right? Because we're still here, right? And the numbers of everybody in the world getting better are better, right? So I'm going to say, I'm going to guess. Now, I still haven't introduced my guests, but just looking at them, I'm guessing, Brenda, for New Year's, you're going to want something sweet and like a liqueur. So I know you're going to, you you started with a, on a farm. I think you're going to be making your own Kahlua in a sink in the garage or the backyard or something. So Brenda, those flavors have to meld and they have to just go in, make poetry together. So I'd start my Kahlua or Tia Maria or something like that. Grandma, you start it now. Um, Ron, I'm guessing you might come from a family that somewhere, and I don't have any idea in the background, had a whiskey still back in the <laughs> days of bootleg and if you can find that whiskey still i want you to hook it up whatever you however it's pa- howard i don't know how you do those crank it up ron and i want you to make some really i think you're going to make some really special whiskey for new year's eve that's what i think and mark mark is a he's a professional house sitter and he moves around a lot so he's not going to really be in the same place to be doing anything like brenda and ron so mark i'm thinking you're going to be getting something i don't know if you like bubbly with a little alcohol in it or not but if you go to an online or a brick and mortar liquor store or a beverage store we'll say a beverage emporium 
buy it soon because the shelves will be cleared out, whatever it is you're interested in. So that's my advice for New Year's. It is now, oh, I forgot to tell you what LLL is. My goodness, somebody should have reminded me. It's LLL is our most loyal listener. Her name is lovely, lanky Laura Legs. I met her at a dance class on Long Island. She's very tall. She's a good dancer. I used to teach dancing. She wasn't in my class, but we were in a lesson together. Uh, Somebody named Lenny was teaching on Long Island, New York, and we became friends. And even though I've moved several times away from New York, Laura listens to the show every Monday night. And I'm warning you, I'm going to give full names for my guests, even though I still haven't introduced them yet. Brenda Prater Sellers and Dr. Mark A. Hicks and Ron Tank. Laura will send me an email at about 8.01 p.m. Eastern time tonight, and she will tell me what you each said on the show and what was special about you and what she gleaned from your creativity words of wisdom. No pressure, kids. But I will get that email from Laura, and she has not failed me. She's one of a long line of people who have followed the show Loyally, I'm not going to cry. My son always <laughs> says to me on the phone calls, Mom, are you crying yet? No, I'm not crying. I'm, <laughs> Ron is saying, what is she talking about? <laughs> so anyway, Laura will send me her little book report, and we very much appreciate her always being a loyal listener. Today, we are in still in the Western Zodiac, nearing the end of the sign of cancer, June 21st to July 22nd. And cancer has been also called the sign of the moon children, and I prefer that for obvious reasons. So I'm going to read a couple of personality traits. And Brenda and Mark and Ron, I'm just mixing up the order so you all feel special. I want you to just wiggle one of your nice fingers. We already talked about that. If these describe you, okay? So let's see how many of you want to be an honorary moon child today. All right. So here we go. Sentimental. Oh, I'm one of those. Oh, no. Mark admits, okay. What about tender and emotional? Brenda's, uh, she's really not sure. Ron isn't sure. Okay, we're not doing well here. Nostalgic? Oh, come on. Got a little bit of nostalgic? Okay, I'll go with that. Protective of their heart and their loved ones. Mark, we know you're, yes, we're talking about your book tonight. Okay, creative. Well, you're all here before you're creative, so raise both hands. Moody? Uh, Anybody want to admit to Moody once in a while? Yeah, I know. Artistic? Uh, I am. I certainly am. How about ruled by your intuition and gut feeling? feelings. Anybody? Mark's not sure, but Ron and Brenda are on board with that. Take pride in your work. Well, of course you all do, right? Dignified? I gave up on that years ago, but you can all claim that. (laughs) Work hard when treated well, but argue back if you don't get respect. Ah, Brenda, you don't even have to read. Mark, Ron, you talk back if you, yeah, we want to fight for what's our right. Liable to be swept away in romance, fall in love fast, but can be a fleeting feeling. (gasps) Okay, Mark, that might be the core of your book, that fleeting feeling. Okay. Recommended careers are realtor, private chef. Well, I cook for my friends, so maybe I'm private chef. Interior designer, maybe social worker, architect, nurse therapist, CEO. It doesn't say CEO of what? So that means leadership. That means person in charge. Hotelier doesn't say whether it's a bed and breakfast or a big hotel or a little one or a nanny. Anybody have any claims to realtor, private chef, interior designer, anybody? No? Okay. So how many of you or who of you would like to say that you are an honorary moon child based on the personality traits I read? Anybody? Partly? How about 50%? Mark Mark is going to go for it. Ron or, or Brenda? 50%, 40%? 50%, 40 no clue no clue okay <laughs> brenda what about you a little bit yes because I, I, my birthday is in july oh can, you want to really give us am. what's the date july 9th 
July 9th. So it was a week ago. Brenda, did I describe you accurately? I should have asked for us. Okay, good. Well, you weren't sure about some of them. Well, just I'll tell you who your brethren and sisterhood are on that uh, that sign. Kevin Bacon, Tom Cruise, Vin Diesel, Harrison Ford, Selena Gomez, Tom Hanks. Just had a birthday. His birthday was July 9th because he yep. announced it all over the radio. Mindy Kaling, Cindy Lauper, girls mm-hmm. just. Uh, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, who was in the new show Citadel. Very exciting. Princess mm-hmm. Di, left way too soon. Meryl Streep, still, still a big star. And Sofia Vergara are all of that sign. So there you go. So and now OJ, I, and OJ Simpson. OJ too. Okay. Well, there's yeah. a, probably a reason I didn't have him on my list. There you go. Now I want to tell everybody who you are. And I want to say a quick thank you to Mark Hicks for joining literally last minute, like 28 minutes before the show, because the scheduled guest, Evie Brooks, is having some health issues that were very serious mm-hmm. and she's on her way to the hospital. So Evie Brooks, wherever you are, we will reschedule, my dear, and we will get you back on the show. And Mark, I he answered the phone. Who answers the phone these days? Mm-hmm. I said, this is red. You want to come back? He said, yeah, I'll do it. And here he is looking good, Mark. So thank you very much. So now let me tell everybody who my guests are. Just wave hello when I say your name, Brenda Prater Sellers. She's Ah, she just hasn't done much of her life. She's a serial entrepreneur. She's a philanthropist. She was once named Man of the Year by a trade magazine that hadn't gotten modern enough to call it Woman of the Year or Person of the Year. So thanks for that. She's the author of a very clever book called You Slept Where? Calamities of a Clumsy Businesswoman. And if that doesn't tell you anything about the honesty and the authenticity of Brenda, nothing will. It's chronicling her life from farmer's daughter to president of a global manufacturing company and a lot more with a sense of humor. Brenda, just wave hello and we'll get to your full bio in a minute. Welcome. And Ron Tank is here. Hello, Ron. I met Ron at the National Publicity Summit. He's the author of The Moses of Wall Street. He's the creator of the Bulletproof Investor and Triple Tank System. He turned $40,000 into 2.2 plus million in 18 months. Woohoo! As a stock market investor, we're not going to give any tips, but you can give us some insights tonight, Ron. Okay. Hint, hint, hint. Mark has been pretty good recently. And then we have our joining last minute re- returning guest, Mark, Dr. Mark A. Hicks. We put the doctor and the A in to match the title of his book, which is on the screen there. He's the author of Learning Love. We had an interesting time a few weeks ago talking about how he picked the title for his book. He's a ghostwriter. He's a life coach. He's a ca- another person who just hasn't done much. Counselor. He's a minister. He and his wife are professional house sitters. You're going to love these stories, Brenda and Ron. He's also a pet sitter, and he only has four college degrees. I'm, I'm sorry, Mark. You'll get with the program one of these days. I am thrilled to have you all. And in honor of Ron's topic, I always have to pick something a little bit different and creative each week for the show because I've been doing this for so many years. So I'm calling this show, Read My Lips, Investing in your creativity. Ron, that's an honor. Oh, wonderful. Like that. Okay. Oh, good. I'm glad. So let's go around the table. Brenda, I am going to put you on full screen speaker view. I'm going to give you three minutes, not quite on the clock. I read little bits about what you do and who you are. Would you please fill in the gaps for us? Brenda Prater Sellers, welcome. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm a farmer's daughter, a mother, uh, a business person. And I'm a Southern uh, Mountain Dew driven M&M eater, adrenaline seeker, climb of Mount Everest, uh, rider of motorcycles, bungee jump, and I skydive. 
that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Tell us a little more. How did you, a little bit more about the journey from farmer's daughter to, to president of a big company. Just give us a couple of dots and dashes in there. Okay. Brenda. Um, started in the reception and worked my way up to uh, the president of the company. So. Wow. And what was, I'm not going to ask you what years this was, Brenda, but was it, was it a hard journey? Was it something when you went to start as a reception, you said, one of these days, I'm going to be president of this company. Yeah. What, what was in your mind or wasn't it? Was it just a question of talent and drive along the way that was recognized or were you on a path? Just, come on, give me a little more, Brenda. Go ahead. Well, I was raised on a farm in the hot sun and had to work in the hot sun. So to have an office job, I thought it was just like, I thought it was phenomenal to have a, you could work inside and get paid. So I loved it. <laughs> and when did you see yourself on that career track? When did it, when did it appeal to you to run a company, Brenda? That's a big lurch from at the desk to the top. Well, it's, it's all about being creative. Uh, I just, I just actually thought that it would be good just to climb the ladder. So that's what I did. Okay, woman, a few words, but a lot of ideas and a lot of lot of creativity. Thank you very much, Ron Tank. So happy to have you here. When did I meet you at the Publicity Summit? How many months ago was it? Do you remember? Uh, that was it. Would have been in March. In March. Okay. And I invited 38 people. I met about 50 and I invited 38 attendees at the Publicity wow. Summit to come on the show. Hey, and you were. Oh, my pleasure. And we are, well, it's not my pleasure yet. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I'm teasing. <laughs> uh, and you were at the, uh, not the tail trailing end of all the people. I invite three people a week. And would you believe it's, well, today we know is the 17th of July. Next week on the 25th, I'm going back for my either third or fourth summit of the year. There you go. Wonderful. There you go. So I'll be inviting yeah. another 30 or 40 more people. And so let's go. Ron Tank, putting you on speaker view. Please regale us. How did you get from point A to point B? And you can throw in a couple of dollar signs along the way. Go ahead. <laughs> point B. Well, I started out at point A, which was broke, dead broke and owing money for a college degree. And point B was <laughs> I'm working for myself and helping other people. So there's point A to point B. Um, I started out as a computer programmer and thought that's where I was going to go. Lo and behold, I figured out that was too boring and too much being inside and not knowing what I could earn. I thought I was trapped. I, I felt like a computer program, like I was inside a computer and said, I got to get out of here. And it just so happened that my dad had left a little nugget in me that reminded me that nobody cared more about my money than I did. And I thought, boy, if I want to get out of this job, maybe I need to figure out how to make more money and be less dependent on this computer job. And sure enough, that led to the, the road of investing because that seemed to be where you could make some money. And I ventured into that with my brother and we studied and worked hard. And it took us about probably five to six years before we made any really good traction. It's a pretty big learning curve. And along the way, I discovered a secret uh, money that was the key for me. And along the way, I made a lot of money. I got a lot of debt. I didn't lose a lot of money, but I spent a lot of money and put myself in a box and just about, I lost my home, didn't go bankrupt, didn't lose my family, but boy, I went through the mill. And uh, I come out of it good though, but I, I learned a little secret in the, the Bible. I say it's hidden in plain sight. Uh, one day watching a show about lions and I pieced a lion show together with Acts chapter 10 and Peter on the roof and a stock market chart that was floating around in my head. And God turned a little light bulb on for me that changed my life. And I spent two or three years researching this, put it to work, proved it, decided I had to write a book to share with my kids. That book led to me saying, well, 
you're going to write a book to help your kids, why don't you help other people? You're being pretty selfish if you're not willing to share it. So now I'm on a mission to help people get, you know, they say finances uh, are first, second reason for divorce. You have all these people have all this money in the stock markets. Why are all these people getting divorced? So I'm on a mission to help people put their faith in their family and their finances in order. So that's where I'm at now. It's been a long road. It's been a fun road. And I had to be creative. I'll, I'll share with that when I get a chance to. That okay. was uh, creativity came about in a big way for me. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Okay, great to meet you. And Ron, I will tell everybody that when I met Ron and his uh, fellow and sister attendees, I, I can't even say it anymore, his co-attendees at the Publicity Summit, it was for me and for them, it was a five-hour Zoom call where they were in, uh, they were three at a time in, I think we had that night, 17 breakout rooms. And I had to reintroduce myself. And you're all going to call me Red tonight, okay? I had to mm -hmm. reintroduce myself in my show in each of those 17 breakout rooms. Uh, couldn't talk at the end of the night. And I was given exactly two and a half minutes on the clock mark with somebody with a stopwatch to meet them have them like Ron pitch me and at the same time I was writing on a word document okay he sounds interesting Ron Tank and I'm taking notes on him and then I say okay Ron do you want to be on my show yes are you free July 17th yes okay Ron email phone number blah 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 and the the person with the stopwatch is saying red time's up time's up like, oh, can I finish and then the next person would say hi I'm red I'm so and so and, and the next person so it was it's a speed booking for me but yeah. I was able to fill about four months of shows on that night, which is what I do. So that's why it's nice to meet you, Ron, because <laughs> I had less than two and a half minutes to meet you. So there you are. Happy you're here. And and the story is an interesting one about faith and finance and family. And uh, family, of course, is a key word we all want to talk yeah. about and creativity and being members of families today and keeping our families together and putting families first sometimes that's a that's a big challenge today so thank you very much good guy we heard some a lot of good values in there we don't talk about values we're talking about creativity but i like that a lot mark a hicks our drop in last minute save the third spot guest i'm so happy to see you back everybody out there pretend you don't know mark hicks he's brand new guest mark hicks just met him uh, mark why don't you give us the full story i i can't believe anybody didn't remember you from june 26th i would be terrible <laughs> we'll have to take that chance so mark go ahead full story speak review and welcome back mark hicks go ahead Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned earlier, I've had a career as a professional counselor, as a minister. I was an international missionary. I lived in the Czech Republic, worked there for a, uh, for a while. I've been uh, all over the world working with people from all cultures. Uh, and now I am using all of that uh, as a writer and have published my book, Learning Love, It is the idea of family. It's about, about relationships, as you were just saying. And in that book, uh, there is the idea that we all learn love and relationships from our families, from the people that raised us. That is usually a terrible source because mm -hmm. most families, almost all families are at least a little dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. Some are highly dysfunctional, toxic, or even abusive. And so we need to learn to love. And so I teach love. I teach five components of love in this book. And if you learn and practice these five components of love, anybody can have healthy, happy relationships, even if you come from a difficult background, even if you've been through divorce, uh, even if you've had relationship trauma, using these five components of love, you can have healthy relationships. One of those components is practicality. And so I want to echo what Ron said. 
Practicality involves things like money. That's one of the elements. Uh, one of the things that I talk about in the book of you have to have practicality as one of your components along with the others in order to have healthy relationships. So I agree totally with what Ron just said. Isn't that interesting? I haven't heard it phrased quite that way, practicality. But Mark, we want to know about the ghost writing just a little bit in the house sitting. Come on. How do you Absolutely. just float from house to house, you and your wife? Remind me, what's your wife's name? My wife's name is Heather. Heather, and hello to Heather. Go And thank Heather, whatever you and Mark were planning to do tonight, I, I assume you're <laughs> part of the of the reason he said yes to me. And to, okay, I'll come on Red's show. So hello to Heather. Mark, two things, ghost sitting, ghost, ghost, ghost busting, yeah, ghost writing, <laughs> and house busting and house sitting in whatever permutation you choose. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, in addition to my books, I write other people's books. Uh, I love to get the ideas out there. That's that's my thing. I love the mm -hmm. the world of ideas. And so they don't have to just be mine. I work with a lot of creative authors. I work for a ghostwriting agency, and I also have independent ghostwriting contracts where I help authors uh, who have great ideas, great life stories, lots of things to say, but might not have the writing ability or might not have the time uh, to write a book. And so I interview these people, and I listen not only to what they say, but how they say it, and I write it in their voice. So it is their ideas in, uh, in their voice. It's their book. And I do that living in other people's houses because my wife and I live on the road full time as professional house sitters and pet sitters. And so we go all, all over the country uh, working uh, through a company that does background checks and all of these good things, living in other people's houses and uh, working on my computer all day. My wife, Heather, also works uh, online. She works remotely. So uh, we sit in other people's houses on our laptops and play with people's wonderful pets. Thank you very much. So, Mark, you, 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 nobody knows who you are because they don't know where you live and they and you write they, other people's books so they, they don't know they, what you think either. They can't find me. My, our, our children, I our three you. boys are all grown. And I always say that that whole phenomenon of coming back to our empty nest is not possible because we move the nest. Mark, I have a question for you. This is going to sound, we're talking about practicality. I have a friend who recently moved from North Carolina to Atlanta and visits a lot in Tennessee. And the question is, where does he get his driver's license? <laughs> <laughs> and the driver's license, they require very often proof of residency, mm -hmm. talking about practicalities. You need a mm -hmm. utility bill, right? You need to show that you've got voter registration. So if you and Heather are house sitting, mm -hmm. how do you, how do you, get, do you have a driver's license? Do you need I, it anymore? I do have a driver's license. I do have a permanent residence. It's my sister's house. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And yeah. I know that, did she have to sign a residency uh, uh, statement? Saying yeah, yeah. That you were, yeah. Yeah. I live there technically. It, <laughs> it, that's what I was what I should have asked you to help my friend out a lot is like what do I do now okay yeah we're all mobile you know the rule of thumb my, my mom and dad when they were alive were uh, snowbirds I, I'm sure you've all heard the, mm -hmm. the phrase and they lived in Florida and the rule was where are you exactly one day over at least 50% of the year where are you living that's where you should be voting and having your driver's license and your insurance interesting so were you were you four months in florida and eight months in new york were you six months and one day in florida and six months minus one day in new york and the question was where do you pay your taxes 
ooh, and your insurance, ooh, and your driver's license, ooh, and your voter registration if you vote, ooh. So it was always it was always a, an interesting factoid of, uh, yeah. So parents were floating around between states way back in the day. I have a question for you, Ron, before we go to the opening quotes. You were a programmer. What were you, I have to ask two questions. What language were you coding and what kind mm-hmm. of machine were you coding on, Ron? I have a IBM, it was IBM mainframe, but it was COBOL was what, what I was in. So that's what it was primarily. And a lot of the programs were, get this, there was one, I worked in the billing department for this company and there was one program that was 17,000 lines of code in COBOL, all in COBOL. Okay. When something broke, you had to find it. Ron, my darling Ron, I can call you that. I'm an early woman in tech, and I was coding in COBOL on a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 for the state of Oregon, running a major system for the community college information throughout the entire state of Oregon. And I absolutely adored programming. And I was key punching. I That was back in the day, running on a Xerox Sigma. Before Honeywell bought Xerox, before it was Honeyox, it was a Xerox Sigma 6, Sigma 6 CP5. And I used to wear, uh, I used to sew all my own clothes, brand and I like skirts with a little slit up the side. I was only about 92 pounds in those days and high heels to work every day. And I'm walking through the computer room. And when I was taking my, my getting my two degrees, I had to insert a disc pack in the disc drive. Well, back in the day, a disc drive wasn't just a little thing that goes into a slot. I had to climb up on a step stool, have something that looked like a cake carrier. Brenda, you know what that is with the mm-hmm. handle? Are you all mm-hmm. Chris? Yes. And, and the disc pack went into the drive, which was this big. And a friend, I just, I, I just, moderated an IT conference for a big company a couple weeks ago and somebody I met there was one of the keynote speakers sent me a picture of one of these disk drives it looked like a washing machine it was that big and on the top was a big hole in the top and that's where but these were mounted up so I had to climb up on a step stool with my high heels and my foot skirt and drop the gently drop it in and then it would be seated and registered and then the operator would start and then it would start spinning so Ron I adored I adore and I I graduated to writing PL1 code on an IBM 4341 mainframe after that oh wow then I went into marketing. So I have a, had a different experience, but I loved coding and I could carry a box with 2000 cards. And one night I love to tell the story. The operator called me at three in the morning. He said, Hey, we just had an ab end on card number 1292. What do you want me to do? And I said, okay, I'm going to sit on the edge of the bed. I'm going to close my eyes because it's dark and I'm going to think. And I said, okay, go back five cards and put a zero in on the job control on the operator's console. I will wait exactly five minutes on the edge of my bed. And if it doesn't run, call me back and we will fix it somehow. I'll turn the light on and I'll go get my printout. Otherwise, I'm going back to sleep. He didn't call back. We knew our code inside and out like that. So Ron, I haven't heard anybody say, but I'm I'm glad you did what you did because that was your that was your destiny for doing what you do. Anyway, I just yeah. wanted to share that. So thank you very much for my memories. Brenda, we're gonna go to the opening quotes. I've asked you each to send me a fictional quote from a character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric that you will relate in three minutes to your own creativity. So let's go. Brenda sent me a quote from oh, we love this, Dorothy Gale played by Judy Garland, The Wizard of Oz, of course, 1939 fantasy musical film produced by MGM. It was a classic adaptation of L. Frank Baum's 1900 children's fantasy novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and it was characterized by its early use of Technicolor, fantasy storytelling, musical score, and memorable characters nominated for six Academy Awards, but it only won. Do you know which one it won? It won two. Anybody know which two it won for? 
It mm. won for Best Original Song, Somewhere Over Beautiful. the Rainbow, and Best Original Score for Herbert Stothart. It didn't make a profit for MGM until 1949. That's 10 years after when it re-released and it earned $3 million on a 2.7 budget. It was the most expensive MGM production at the time, Brenda. That's how fancy it was. And of course, Judy Garland, Frank Morgan, Ray Bolger, Barrett Lahr, Jack Haley, Billy Burke, Margaret Hamilton, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here we go. The line that Brenda has selected is, Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Brenda, <laughs> three minutes. What does this mean for your creativity? Go ahead. Love this. Well well, my book is uh, You Slept Wear, Calamities of a Clumsy Businesswoman. And it's not just a book about bizarre places I've stayed, but I basically am kind of like Dorothy. I go all over the world. I have all these unique experiences, but then I circle back home when there's no place like home. So <laughs> I love that. That's very, very nicely done. Very interesting. Uh, I've had guests use that on some of my business shows. And, and the concept, of course, relating to technology is we're not in Kansas anymore. It's like, what the hell's going on here, right? <laughs> Everything has changed so much. So thank you very much. And let's move on. Ron Tank has sent me a quote from Willy Wonka, played by Gene Wilder. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, 1971. We're moving up in the world. 71 American, also a musical fantasy film. This one was released by Paramount Pictures, starring Gene Wilder as candy maker Willy Wonka. It's an adaptation, again, of a 1964 novel, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, by Roald Dahl. The story of poor child, Charlie Bucket, Peter Ostrom, who, upon finding a golden ticket in a chocolate bar, ooh, I would have eaten the chocolate bar so fast, I probably would have eaten the golden ticket, wins a chance to visit Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory with four other children from around the world. What's interesting is that David Seltzer was brought in to do an uncredited rewrite of the script, and against Roald Dahl's wishes, changes were made to the story, and Dahl disowned the film. Did you know that, Ron? <laughs> no, disowned the film. Musical numbers were by the famous team of Leslie Briscus and Anthony Newley, and let's see, a budget of only $3 million. It only earned $4 million in its original run, but it was nominated again, Academy Award for Best Original Score, and Wilder was nominated for a Golden Globe as Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. And the film introduced the song, The Candyman Can. You can all remember that. I try my hardest not to sing on the radio. It's <laughs> terrible. Later recorded by Sammy Davis Jr. And that's when it became a hit. The film has become popular on TV and home videos. In 2014, it was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. There we go. So, and there's, you know what? They're planning a prequel with Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka, set to be released mm. this year. But now that the writers are on strike and the actors are on strike, I doubt it. So here's <laughs> the line that Ron has selected. Never, never doubt what nobody is sure about. Well, that's a conundrum, Ron. <laughs> Untangle mm. that for me, please. Go ahead. Oh, well, I tell you, that's one of the reasons why when you ask for one, uh, Red, I thought about it, that popped right into my head. And the reason why is when you listen to that or think about it, as soon as you hear it, your brain does a spin out into outer space. It tries to make sense of that. And you go, how can I never, never doubt what nobody is sure about? There's so many negatives and stuff in there that you can't sort it out. But in my life, so I stopped trying to figure out the thing. And, but here's why it stuck with me. The second half of that is what nobody is sure about. And when it comes to investing, if you listen to people on TV, most of them are not sure about what they know. Nobody, and you say, well, what are you sure about? Well, if you ask somebody in the investing world, what are you sure about? 
they'll probably tell you, and you'll probably listen to them, find out that nobody you listen to is sure about anything. And that's pretty much the world of finance. They use disclaimers to say, you can lose all your money, you can lose some of your money, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's what they're not sure about, nobody is sure about, but the first half is where I wanted to be. I didn't want to be in the second half of that, that quote, I wanted to be the first half, which is never, never doubt. So I wanted, I thought well, when it comes to investing, I want to never, never doubt what it is that I'm doing. I want to find something I can rely on that I know works time and time again. It just relies on me applying it over and over and over again once I find it. So I thought that quote, never, never doubt, that's me, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be the what nobody is sure about. I don't want to be on that side. But I, I think when you put them both together, your brain just spins out into never, never land. I was spinning. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm saying, what's he going to do with this one? Thank you, Ron. That was an interesting lesson in some kind of uh, verbal logistics or gymnastics. I'm not sure. But uh, we, we got your got your point. Thank you very much, Dr. Mark A. Hicks. He sent a quote from Vikram, who's the telemarketer played by Ranjit Chowdhury in The Office, everybody's favorite show to quote, I can tell you that. Season 5, episode 22, I do my homework, aired on April 9th, 2009, uh, was from the, of course, American mockumentary sitcom that was on NBC television from 2005 to 2013. The episode was called The Dream Team. It was only viewed, Mark, by 7.2 million people. Just a few. Okay. And this gentleman, Ranji Chowdhury, uh, left us in 2020. He was an Indian character actor in TV, movies, and theater, appeared in two episodes of The Office as Victim, the telemarketer who worked, worked with Michael, briefly hired for the Michael Scott paper company. And everybody knows the office depicts the work lives of office employees at the fictional Scranton PA branch. My mom was born in Scranton of the fictional Dunder Mifflin paper company. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Here's the quote. I love this quote, Mark. Confidence. It's the food of the wise man, but the liquor of the fool. Ooh, interesting. Some overlapping of the quotes here, kids. Mark, go ahead. Oh, see how this just works out? Those threads just, I don't know. Mark, go ahead. Quote. It all comes together. It does. Yeah, we've all seen both sides of this. Confidence is a, is a powerful, powerful thing. But like a lot of powerful things, it can be used for good or it can be used for bad. And so if a person is confident that has put in the work and has, has consulted with people and has studied and has thought about things, that confidence can put the wind in the sails, that confidence can drive a person forward to success based on uh, the things that they have done in their wisdom. On the other hand, if you have not put the work in, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, you're just kind of going some direction for no particular reason. That confidence can be what drives you over the cliff. Uh, that confidence can be what keeps you from listening to wisdom. And so, yeah, I think it's a fantastic quote that while confidence is great, it has to be used with wisdom and be careful with too much confidence if you're acting like a fool. <laughs> Very interesting. And going to the theme of this show of creativity, Mark, interesting. If you're too confident in your creativity, you might miss out on some of the opportunity to reflect on, do people like it or not? Am I really confident it's going to work or not? Is this an experience I'm living in, a cycle, a creativity cycle of, of is it right as it is right now? 
do I need to develop? Do I need to embellish? Do I need to evolve my ideas? No, this is it. That store is going to work. I mean, a million people in the front door the first day. I don't think so. So very, very interesting when we apply it to creativity. Thank you all for the quotes. Very, very interesting. And by the way, I didn't mention that The Office was also an adaptation and it was originally a British series for the BBC uh, that was written by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. And it was adapted for American TV by Greg Daniels, who was a veteran writer for SNL, Saturday Night Live, King of the Hill, The Simpsons. Oh my goodness gracious. All kinds of name dropping in there. Thank you all. Let's go to the creativity statements. Brenda Prater Sellers, I'm picking your statement number one because I think my, I'm sorry, number two, I think my audience would get such a kick out of this. Your statements were all wonderful, but I'm going to read this and then I want you to spend three minutes. And if Mark or Ron has anything to say, wiggle one of the nice fingers Mm. at me. We're going to move on. We have, oh, we got about 20 minutes left, plenty of time. So Brenda says, getting tired of carrying 30 pounds of books. I had the first drive-by book signing. Get a book and go. (laughs) Win-win solutions. I'm going to just let you explain that to us, Brenda. Go ahead. Okay, so my book is a big book. It's a it's a thick it's a thick book, and they did. They weighed thirty pounds, and I'd had five other book signings, and it was hard to you know carry them and pick you know pick them up, and so I just thought having a book signing to go would be a good thing because uh, I just actually took the books to the front of my driveway and we had a just a drive through so we, we advertised it it was front page of our local newspaper um, I had volunteer I live on a hill so we had volunteers at the bottom of the of my hill and um, then we had the police the police came to direct traffic and but that brought in nosy neighbors no nosy people in the in the area just to see what was so I sold a ton of books that people um, didn't even know. I mean, really, they just saw the blue lights. They they saw we had balloons. We had a sign that said "Drive by um, book signing, uh, meet the author," and all that stuff. So it's a really fun way to um, get a book, and you just get it and go. You don't have to get out of the car. Uh, and we did. I'm a chamber member, and so we sent invitations to the chamber uh, membership, and so they brought their little. Uh, invitations and they just dropped it we kind of had them come through the driveway reverse and so they came through got a book and then left <laughs> Brenda, <laughs> I, I hope mark and and uh, ron will allow me to indulge i have to read part of brenda's creativity statement number four because it goes with what she just said i think you're both going to really love this she she likes to help other businesses come up with creative incentives brenda mm. had the first book signing at a place called millennium manor castle in alcoa oh. tennessee she asked visitors to come dressed in medieval attire and receive <laughs> her classic free M&Ms, a record-breaking crowd came to the grand opening dressed up. She sold books in record a number of record amounts of books. Brenda, just briefly tell us about this. How did you come up with that? Such a creative idea. Come dressed up as a character to buy my book. Go ahead, yeah. Brenda. A little well, more. It, uh, it was a, a castle, uh, and I had been to that castle as, as a little girl, as a haunted house. Uh, but they, um, the owners bought it. They redid it. Um, and so... It was just a fun, all little girls want to go to a castle. So that's why, and that's where the power of social media comes in because I just blitzed it and said, hey, I actually photoshopped a little princess and a, and a little boy in knots and said, bring all your princesses and all your knots 
And if you come dressed up, I'll give you some M&Ms. And so it was just a win-win um, for the owners of the of the castle to uh, have people to come. Uh, it was a reason to come. And, you know, with Halloween being such a big um a holiday people love to dress up you know and even adults i had we had a guy in a kilt to come we had all kinds of <laughs> princesses and it was just a fun thing to do so very very cool it was Thinking... an event it was it wasn't just a yeah you know, it wasn't just an event i don't like book sightings i get bored but uh you know the drive-by was something to keep it exciting the castle it made some great photo ops for social media because the castle was so cool so <laughs> Brenda, we used to call those, I think, a happening. Remember? Yes. It yes. wasn't just a thing. It wasn't an event. It wasn't an appointment. It was a happening. Yes. There's well, so much. Even, Go ahead. Yes. Well, even, even funnier, um, the owners, when they first bought the property, they did a um, nonprofit that you could you could buy a night at the castle. It was a bed. So I actually slept in that castle. So I actually went back <laughs> and got pictures of the, of the room that I slept in in that castle. But it's not open to the public to sleep in yet, but it soon it will be eventually after they get it worked. So I just slept in that one night. So it's kind of fun. So I did Brent, sleep slept where? Brenda, Brenda Prater Sellers slept here. Everybody remember that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. That, that's a calling card. There you go. That's a new business card. Thank you very much. Ron Tank, I'm looking at your creativity statement number three. I like this one a lot. You say, I'll read it for you. Creativity isn't thinking outside of the box. It's living there. You say your entire life has unfolded as it has because you were able to take your life as it was and make it into something else by being creative. Talk to me about that box living outside. Yeah, Ron, boy, go ahead. Oh, I don't even know where to start on that. Really, Red, I'm, I think back, you know, I think back at my computer job and just getting out of there. And once I got out of there I and started into the world of investing, I, I didn't want to let myself have to, to force myself to try to think outside of the box. I just remember thinking, I want to live here. I want to live on the, the outside of the box where these things happen by themselves. They just kind of float around, they hit you and they, and they go. And I did the same thing when it came to uh, the stock market and not trying to think outside of the box, but letting the box, letting myself go outside of a box that everybody else had, they placed themselves inside of a box. And I said, I don't need, why do I need to be in that box? I don't want to, I don't want to have to try to think outside of where I'm at. I want to be comfortable with where I'm at. I want to be in that spot. I want to be creative and thinking about things differently all the time, not just try to get myself to go outside of a box. That, that Why would I want to go outside? That tells me I'm in, if I'm in the inside and I want to be outside, it's kind of like the cat. You know, the cat always wants in the room. It's not in. You open the door and they go in the room. Then you close the door and then they want out of that room into the other room where the door is closed still. So you, so you always want in a different room. Well, I didn't want to live and always want to be in a different place. I wanted to learn to, to live outside of the box and not be constrained. And it's a good place to live, right? I just love living there. I love... Like when it comes to the market, uh, an older fellow, when I was a young man, about 18, he knew my mom. He was a salesman, really successful guy, lived in Florida, nice house, swimming pool. You meet the guy, he's just super talker. He's really smart. You knew he was a salesman. He remembered your name. And I asked mm -hmm. him one day for a piece of advice, one piece of advice. I said, Max, if you could give me one. And I was about 17, 18 at the time. He said, wow, let me think about it, Ron. I said, take your time. About a half hour later, he comes back. He said, Ron, if it was just one thing, 
I said, yep, just one, Max. I need to be able to remember it and use it. Just give me one. And he said, I think it would be, Ron, whatever you do in life, ask, always ask yourself if there's a better way to do this. And his statement actually took me outside the box. As I look back now and I think he was a little bit instrumental there because once I crossed outside of the box, I didn't want to go back in the box. I wanted to always be thinking, is there a better way to go about this? And I want to stay out there. ABT, always be thinking, always be outside the box. I've never heard it put quite that way. I will tell you that if you ever go to the supermarket where I live here in this section of where I am in Tennessee, and you see on a Saturday or Sunday, a woman get out of a black sports car where the front license plate says, AKA Radio Red, and she's in a black dress and she's got jewelry on and she's got lipstick and gloss and she's carrying a red handbag and she's got red suede drummer booties on. Look out. Nobody else dresses like that at the supermarket on a Saturday or Sunday here, I got to tell you. So I think, Ron Tank, I thank you. I think I've been living outside of that box for a long time and you finally gave it a, a title. You finally mm. gave it the place. Thank you, Ron. That was yeah, very, very interesting. Wow. I'll look, I, you up. I'll look you up, Red, when I'm down in, my daughter goes to Belmont in Nashville, Tennessee. So sometime okay. I'll be watching out if I'm down there to see if you're venturing I'm over. I'm close in. to Knoxville, but I, I might just go down there for you. Thank you very much. Thank you. for That was just such an interesting way to look at it. Mark A. Hicks, Dr. Mark A. Hicks, I'm looking at your statement number two and three. I'm going to combine these. I think they're the same thought. You say creativity is my energy. When I'm mm. restrained or forced into a mindless routine, I think that's the box where I was talking about, I'm quickly exhausted. Creativity is the wind in my sails. And then you add, creativity is my entertainment. It is the fun and mm. flavor of life. Without it, life quickly becomes dull. Ooh, Mark, talk to us. I think we all can go there. Go ahead. What, what, what interesting statements you're all bringing to the table. That's why I call the show a party rather than I'm not interviewing you. We're just talking. <laughs> go ahead, Mark. Talk to us about that. Energy and entertainment. Go. Creativity is fun. Doing what you do, what, you're, what you are naturally called to do in this life, what you are meant to do, destined to do, it's fun. And it needs to stay fun. Uh, yeah, I agree with completely with what Ron said. We block ourselves into these boxes. That's not where we're meant to live. Uh, doing things the way everyone else does it is not what we're intended to do. We're meant to be us. And when we do that, when we're living authentically and living out what we do as a creative person uh, and helping people in that process, then we have energy. We have that wind in our sails that I mentioned earlier, that we just have that drive to do that every day. And when we start getting restrained into something that we're not, we start doing things that we were never meant to do, just going through the motions. Uh, not only are we going to get bored, we're not going to be contributing what we're really meant to do. And we're going to be robbing people of the creativity that we could be bringing to the world. Uh, so uh, the fun is the drive. The, it is the energy and it is the entertainment and it is just enjoying the life that we have. I like that a lot. Any comments on that, Ron or Brenda? Anybody yeah, no, I, Go ahead, what Mark please. said right there was, you know, it made me think about the fun part of it, the creativity part. It is a little bit of a party once you get there and put your hat on, mm -hmm. you know, and you admit that, hey, this can be a party. You can start to think freely. And when you start thinking, thinking freely, it can turn into fun. It, it really can be. And once you feel the fun, then you're inspired to have more fun. 
because now you're in your wheelhouse and you recognize it. And it's hard to, I, I term that as unstoppable. Somebody that realizes that, hey, I, I'm meant to be here. And I'm going to, when I get here, in order to get here, I'm going to be creative. And then when I land there, it's almost like the creativity explodes because you're in your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you're really unstoppable. The only thing that will stop you is probably you. You're in your zone. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about stopping just briefly. I have some celebrity birthdays and famous holidays you've never heard of that I want to read in a couple of minutes. But we have a little bit more time left before that, maybe three minutes. Unstoppable. One thing about creativity I've discovered is that it's great to be in your wheelhouse, Ron and and Mark and Brenda. It's great to say, I'm going to do this, but not everybody will like that or approve. And the question is the voices outside of the box that you're outside of saying, oh, that was terrible. Or why did you wear that? Or I didn't like Brenda's lipstick. Or why did Ron wear a blue shirt? And Mark, why is your book so big on the side? I don't like your initials. I used the wrong font. People are going to do that to us. I'm I'm just picking on all of you because you're here. But I, I've had things where people say to me, you know, what, what did you do? Why did you do it? And if you listen to them, the question is, do you want to climb back into the restrictions, Mark, of the box, Ron, doing things the way everybody else does it, Brenda? and go back into that conformity, Mark, that practicality, if you will, of this is how everybody does it. So if I want people to like me, I I once, uh, I started several TV shows when I was on Long Island for public access. It was PATV, now it's North Shore TV. And it it certainly evolved over the years. And I was on the board there for 12 years representing my village on the peninsula of Great Neck. We had a lot of incorporated villages. And I was a, a producer, a voracious producer. And I would do about, oh, let's see, I had two series at a time. And I would do back-to-back uh, two shows twice a month. So I did about 25, 50 shows a year, I think, vor- voracious. And I had a neighbor tell me after I did the first show, she said, oh, I didn't like your skirt and your glasses. Why were you wearing glasses? Why do you have contacts? And you should have worn pants. And I didn't like your shoes. And I wanted to say, I won't mention her name. She's long gone, but in every way possible. It's like, lady, when was the last time you hosted a TV show? Shut the blank up and go home. Go back to your ugly green apartment. I'm sorry. It was. But anyway, um, you, you just, I, I produced plays. I've written three romantic comedy plays and I made the mistake. I, I produced them. I'll send you the links if the three would like to see them. I produced them with community theater actors in the studio in on Long Island and produced them for my TV show. They had to be edited down into 28 minutes and 30 seconds to fit the 30 minute time slot of the TV show. But I made the mistake and Ron, you're going to don't judge me for this of doing one live on stage when I was in North Carolina. The audience didn't get it. Mm-hmm. They didn't get the level, I'll tell you what the play was um, if you stick around afterwards. Um, it was it was done at, at a level where you had to be really listening to me on stage as the producer, introducing the play just briefly before it happened. And the actors were good, and I had to rewrite the lines. So I'm training people to do characters and be actors. It was five months of work, and people said, I didn't get it. What was it, a dance recital? Why did they say, why didn't they say, and I realized you you can't judge your creativity slash success by the feedback you get, but maybe it's the wrong time or the wrong place or the wrong damn audience. <laughs> and But you can't go home and say, oh, that I did a terrible thing. No, right, Ron? It's a learning yeah. experience. Anybody want to comment quickly on that before I 
go tanking on this one. Ron, go ahead, Mark, please. And I think that is why we have to have fun with it. Why we have to know that this is our creativity and this is what we're meant to do. And I think you're exactly right. How many people that are criticizing us have even tried to do those things? They're not in that world. Uh, when we do what we're meant to do and what the, the authentically what we do it's just fun and that can drive us past a lot of that noise that we hear from other people thank you i like the word noise brenda quickly go ahead one minute my, my famous saying is i take all that criticism and all that negative and make it positive there you go there's the lemons into lemonade right okay i have to take a pepsi when i drink lemonade now way too much acid that's tmi red okay let's do some quick celebrity birthdays here we got four minutes uh, according to jordan yes okay donald sutherland is 88 today uh canadian actor played hawkeye pierce in 1970 movie mash oh he's been mm. in so much of course and interestingly enough he named his four sons after directors he worked with did anybody know that Kiefer mm. is one of his sons Kiefer sutherland from 24 and a lot of other things. Uh, Rabbit Hole, a great series. Rossif and Angus are actors in Rogue, R-O-E-G, is a business executive. Uh, Camilla Parker Bowles is 76 today, the new consort queen of England. We won't go into the background there. David Hasselhoff, oh my goodness, Baywatch and more, Knight Rider. Well, he's 71 today, and he was a member of the speech team and president of the choir and the volleyball team captain in high school. Who knew? My God. <laughs> Luke Bryan, the American country singer. His hit singles, Rain, is a good thing. I don't want this night to end and drunk on you. Entertainer of the Year in 2014 and 2015. Happy birthday, Luke Bryan, 47. And Eric Winter, TV actor, played Rex Brady on the soap Days of Our Lives. Now, social media stars, I have to read these. You've never heard of them, I guarantee. On YouTube, Matt Slays, S-L-A-Y-S, is 43. Ronnie is sitting down? I think you are. He only has six point something million subscribers. He is a musician who works with Joshua David Evans, whoever that is. He posts his own music. He works as a lyricist, songwriter, and music producer. And he uploaded a video called Michael Jackson Mashup, Love Never Felt So Good Man in the Mirror, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, 6.9, 6 point something million. Uh, we have on TikTok, it's Psych Iconic, I-T-Z-P-S-Y-I-C-O-N-I-C. He's only 28. And he does comedy sketches and duets with music with comedians and TikTok creators. He wears wigs for different characters, Brenda. And he had a million views for TikTok with a pitch altering vocal filter. I don't know what that means. And then we have the TikTok gangsta grandma. If anybody's ever heard of her, she's 94 gangsta grandma. She has <laughs> 2.5 million fans on TikTok. She lip syncs to modern songs from hip hop to pop on the music on the app music musical.ly which became TikTok. she does comedian videos comedic videos and she was featured where she was rapping not just lip syncing and she wears really strange glasses and a fake metal mustache okay july 17th events uh let's see um uh lucy arnaz was born today i don't have her in the birthday list uh regina bell uh won a uh, uh what is this oh this is okay i'm gonna go move on here uh, the mgm released for film high society in 1956 a reworking of the philadelphia story starring bing crosby grace kelly and frank sinatra songs by cole porter and in uh 1968 on this day the beatles animated film yellow submarine premiered i've got one minute it's global hugs your kids day national cory c-o-r-y you know anybody named cory tell them hello National Get Out of the Doghouse Day. That's your fault if you're in it. Natural Peach Ice Cream Day. <laughs> Tattoo Day. I'll pass on that. World Emoji Day and Coral Reef Awareness Day. I want to thank my three special guests. And let's do the closing here. You ready? Okay. 
Work like you don't need the money. Ron, that's not for you. Uh, dance like no one's watching. But people watched when I was teaching disco on top of a formica table in a high school cafeteria in Eugene, Oregon. 250 in my class. Sing like nobody's listening. <clears throat> I got all choked up. Love like you've never been hurt. We all have, for goodness sake. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, and I skipped the first part because we're out of time. Thank you for turning me on. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. <laughs> and never regret anything that made you smile. Wave goodbye and stick around, guests. Bye, LinkedIn. <laughs> Bye, Facebook. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.